Hello and welcome to Miss Checkpoints, the video game book club podcast. We're back at it again in 2021. This is the first bonus cast of the year. I'm your host, Marcus, and joining me today, as always, is the homie, Trevor. You know why I'm here. <laughs> and we also have, uh, this is his choice. We let him choose the game, and um, I will kick it off to him. But uh, what's up, Dante? How you, how you been? You're letting me begin again? I'm letting you begin again. Oh snap. <laughs> All right. Um, it's your game, so I'll let you introduce it, and uh, I'll let you get to it. Sounds good. Well, um, the first game that Miss Checkpoints is talking about in 2021 is Sayonara Wild Hearts. And um, Sayonara Wild Hearts is an on-rails music action video game released in 2019 by Swedish developer Simogo. It was developed by Annapurna Interactive, who are known for publishing many prestige indie titles over the years. Um, some of Samogo's previous works include Device 6 and Gear Walk, um, the former of which received a Metacritic of 92, placing it as one of the highest rated mobile games of all time. So, development of Sayonara Wild Hearts began, began in 2015. Samogo's initial idea for this game um, essentially came from the idea of navigating tarot-inspired dreamscapes on motorcycles. And in the beginning, the music for this game, the soundtrack, it was planned to be inspired by surf music, which is like apparently a variation of rock, but ultimately changed to pop as development progressed. It drew inspiration from many um, modern pop sensations such as Sia, churches even though they put a v in their name and i think that's really dumb and um carly ray jepson sayonara wild hearts was designed with the idea that um it should be playable by anybody as such they decided to make a single button game so at one point in development third person sections were considered where the player would have full control of the heroine but ultimately this idea was scrapped because it changed the overall pacing of the game so they stick entirely to the on-rails um, mechanic the entire time. The game was designed as a cop, um, designed to be like a concept album, where um, essentially it was designed to be played in a specific order and tell a cohesive story. Sayonara Wild Hearts is also um, described by the developer as a pop album video game. It's an on-rails experience, and it synchronizes the gameplay and the music into one cohesive package. Each level is backed by a specific song. Um, player must navigate the dreamscapes in front of them, avoiding obstacles and grabbing collectibles along the way. The game requires um, only two types of input from the player, direction and action. So literally, you're just moving left, right, up, down, whatever. And also you have essentially an action button, which could be any of the face buttons on your controller or device. The art style for this game adheres to three simple concepts. Simple, stylized, clean. Rather than relying on textures for detail, it employs a hyper-angular version of cell shading. It uses bright neons and also vivid gradients to express tones, emotion, and ideas. The environment reacts to the music bound to it, um, coming together to create a unified portrait. 
The music has a large effect on the stage's tone, and despite being a single-button game, mechanics shift significantly between worlds. The how of the navigation changes, keeping gameplay fresh throughout the experience. Sayonara Wild Hearts is the length of a standard pop album, more or less, and can, it can be completed in about an hour. That being said, it will probably take most players about twice of that if they, you know, replay the occasional stage, try to get gold ranks. I'd say it'd probably take about four to five hours if you're trying to 100% it, for the most part. Okay, so the story in this game is a little metaphysical. So... Sayonara Wild Hearts is a story about heartbreak, but it's abstracted in certain ways. So the premise is, in a universe ruled by um, the tarot cards, a cursed arcana known as death, along with their allies, causes havoc. And essentially it steals harmony from that universe. Before the other arcana fade away... Um, a heroine is created from the fragments of the world. In a separate world, a young woman is, um, she has her heart broken violently and ultimately is transported over to the Terret Realm. And her heart ends up merging with the um, one created by the Arcana. And she becomes the heroine that we play, later known as the Fool Arcana. And as a fool, the player has to um, navigate the realms and try to collect hearts to restore harmony to the land. Okay. Is that it? Yep. Appreciate the intro. Yeah, I think you covered like damn near everything, dude. <laughs> <laughs> what about? Um, so, uh, what what was it about this game? Why did you suggest playing this game? So. Every year I do a Game of the Year list for my blog, which has been put on hiatus for the past two years for certain reasons. But I got to this January of last year, technically before I published my 2019 list, and after I played it, it kind of changed everything. I'm like, oh man, the ranking of everything has changed, and <laughs> I need to tell more people about Sayonara Wild Hearts and all these other games. So ever since then, I've been pretty passionate about just recommending this game, like in general, like to people that don't play games, people that um, really like pop music, people that just kind of want a simple experience. And, you know, we talked about bonus games, and I was thinking, well, this one's short, came out fairly recently, but not like within the past year, and I would really like to hear your opinions on it because you have a pretty big history with music games gotcha gotcha um did you end up would you would you consider this game i guess you said it left such a strong impression would you consider this game like in your top whatever games or is it just like something a, a recent game that has left a really good impression and maybe you'll have to wait and see if it's a lasting impression so at the very least, I can say that it is at least top three of my games of 2019, and I'm still kind of settling on that list because I'm just now getting around to finishing that article. Mm -hmm. So I like this game a lot. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. But um, yeah, I could see it being 
definitely in my top 100 games of all time, potentially in my top 50. Have to have a little bit more time between its release and just to let it sit with you. Yeah. It, has this, so uh, one last question, is this the second time you've played it since you've initially played it or have you played it a couple more times since then? So this is my second time playing it back to back. Like occasionally I'll just have the urge when I boot up my Switch or whatever just to be like, Oh man, Sayonara Wild Hearts, remember that? Let me just play like two levels of it. Five out. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm guessing you like you said you played this on Switch then? Um, originally I did play it on Switch. I did end up actually <laughs> I, I got it on Steam. No shame. And I also, because they did a limited run of the game, I am 8-bit, I ended up getting the physical edition on PS4. Okay. okay. So, and, you know, we were talking a little bit before we actually started recording, but this game has kind of extended out past just, like, being a game for me, where when we used to actually go to gyms and stuff, remember that? <laughs> I would actually have this... Um, the soundtrack play in my headphones as I was on the treadmill for, you know, mm-hmm. 30, 45 minutes. Yeah. So, um, well, pretty cool. Cool. Appreciate it. I'm and yeah, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, we are going to be able to talk about this game because you said you wanted to have, hear our opinions on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Trevor, what about you? What did you end up playing this on? And why uh, was it switch? Um, when this game was chosen, um, it was on, it was currently on sale on Switch, so uh, that's why I picked it up on Switch. Well, it may have been on sale on Steam too, but um, it was. I think it was on sale. They've done a. I feel like Nintendo, or just I would say game company, like you know these these platforms have done a good job of price matching or you know yeah. making sure that they're listing games on sale if they're on sale on Steam. More often than not, they're on sale on other platforms as well, which yeah. I don't think was a thing, like, at least the beginning of last gen. I feel like it's been a more recent. <laughs> yeah, usually yeah. if it's on sale on um, on Switch, that's the one I'm going to go with. So, Even though it was free on Apple Arcade? Well, I don't have a Apple Arcade yet. You don't? No, uh, it's not I, bundled with all that other nonsense. That I, I haven't, to. I haven't subscribed to it yet. Um, I see, because I don't think um, Fitness Plus is out yet, and that's what I'm waiting for. Like I'm waiting to get the entire suite of apps uh, before um, I buy into it. Fair enough. Okay, so should we start with the music? Well, I have one question for y'all before we get started. Sure, sure. Have y'all ever had a tarot, tarot reading? I have not. I have not either. I haven't. I was, uh, I was just curious. <laughs> I always see those like places on the side of the road or whatever, and I'm like curious, but at the same time never that curious. The, the, the closest I've ever been was literally our freshman year of college. We took a big group to go to eat at this Chinese buffet, and we parked in the tarot card reading parking lot <laughs> next door, off of Jordan. I don't. I think you may have came with us, Dante. I don't know if you remember, but it was like our our big group. I think we took two cars and we got Chinese buffet, but we parked yeah in the the tarot the psychic reading uh, parking lot next door to the Chinese buffet. <laughs> I don't remember that, but what I do remember is 
somebody tried to use a Ouija board and you were not about it. Oh yeah, that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I ain't, I ain't about that life. So <laughs> ain't gonna catch me slipping. Um. So I guess before we talk into music, uh, you want to know or you know our history about music games, but um, maybe other people don't. So uh, I guess we can start with you, Dante. What is your background with music games? Um, well, I'm trying to think about how it started. I really guess Guitar Hero might have been... No, no. It was Parappa. Parappa the Rappa <laughs> was my first music game. Mm-hmm. And then everything just went downhill. I'm just joking. Um <laughs> So, no, I started with Parappa, and I didn't even... I don't even think I recognized it as a music game at the time, just because it was such a novel idea. Mm -hmm. But, you know, eventually the original Guitar Hero came out, and I'm like, oh, well, this seems interesting. So I eventually picked up a copy, and, you know, got pretty decent at it. Then eventually Rock Band came out, and oddly enough, me and Marcus, our first meeting... Yep. was a rock band night at orientation at college. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, in some ways we can attribute the podcast and everything else to rock bands. Yep. But um I guess music games aside from that, I've I've always been a fan ever since that like that era mm-hmm. of music games, so that I've done some meeting. of the that chance meeting. <laughs> so I've done some of the dance games, I've done res, I've done it's weird to call Tetris Effect a music game, but it kind of is. So yeah, it's just a genre I really enjoy. What about you, Trevor? So when I was younger, I used to go to the arcade a lot. Um, the or it's not around anymore. How was did that I a, forget about it? It's it was at a mall that's no longer even there anymore. It's it's all gone. <laughs> My childhood. Uh, Parkway or the, the Madison walk? Square. Madison. Okay. Yeah. This. Yeah. This is a long time ago. Um, used to go to the arcade a lot, played Initial D, and they had this game called Dance Dance Revolution. Oh boy. Yep. I was terrible at it, so I stayed on Initial D. (laughs) 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 Um, I played a couple other games, um, I think I played Soul Calibur, but, um, but yeah, I was never good at, uh, Dance Dance Revolution. Um, but I had some friends who were, and I mean, they would be in the arcade for hours. They were the ones who used to come in there with a backpack with a change of clothes in it, because um, they knew they were about to get sweaty. What, when was this? Like, how, how, were you middle school? High school? Um, high school. I'm pretty sure I was high school. Okay. Um, but I mean, I had been going to that arcade since I was in like middle school. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it wasn't. I don't think DDR got popular until I was in high school. At least I didn't notice it. Um, but yeah, they had, um, some guys in there who would be working it out. Like, I mean, oh, like, yeah. seriously, like they're in a gym or something. I, I've got to backtrack a little bit and say that, yes, I was into that scene. Not, not nearly as much as like, Hey, I have a backpack of clothes type of people, but I was into it. And it ultimately culminated last year with me getting a metal pad for TDR. Okay. Oh, you mean as opposed to like the, the plastic ones that come? That, you that will just shift all over your floor, yeah. yes. He said, I'm not in an apartment no more. I can do what I want. <laughs> yep. Um, but I think that was my first introduction to rhythm games. I'm trying to think. There was... No, I think that was either Rock Band or Guitar Hero 2. 
but you know college you know everybody has a wild experience in college you uh, you get introduced to some some weird things and and that was when i got introduced to um to rock band and guitar hero i think my roommates were playing it at the time they had guitar hero and then um i remember going to the dorms um with marcus and a couple of other guys and you know playing rock band at you know every every other night yep <laughs> um but I, th- I think that's pretty much it um as far as like rhythm games go i've never been into any of the kind of less popular ones gotcha um yeah like i was curious what age you guys were because uh i was living overseas uh in germany in middle school so um i remember on on the military basis um the bowling alley was where they had arcade machines and uh i would see seemingly older kids whenever we'd go to a different uh base um and seeing all these kids playing this dancing game but i had no idea what it was but i always was like super like this looks really cool but i have no idea and there was like no way i was gonna like hop on you know after watching them and then them watching me and then embarrassing myself so i i never played it until um I think I was spring break my junior year. We went to uh, D.C. for my birthday. And uh, the hotel or whatever we stayed at had an arcade. And they had a DDR thing. And there was nobody that was using the arcade area. So me and my brother ended up playing DDR for the first time there. And that was it was like really cool. And I was like, damn, I wish I had gotten into this when I was younger. And I think, honestly, that was probably my first time ever playing a music game. And um, I, I think... Uh, kind of like Dante had said, um, I, I got introduced to Guitar Hero from like going to see my cousins um, for like holidays and whatever, and they were playing this game, and I had never heard of it or seen it or anything like that. And well, I, I heard of it, but I, I never played it. And I think it was Guitar Hero Two they had, and um, I ended up playing that and really liking it. But I just, I mean, then I was a hundred percent like either listening to. Uh, rap or like like techno i was not into rock music at all so i was just kind of like this is kind of cool but i don't know any of these songs or any of this stuff and um when i heard rock band was coming out and you could play like other instruments that really sparked my interest because like i always was interested in learning to play drums so even if it was like a genre of music that i really wasn't uh, familiar with it was an opportunity to kind of scratch that desire to like be able to drum and I got really really heavy into rock band and that was like the end of my high school going into college so I was like I got all my friends together every Friday night and we'd play rock band for hours uh, as these two can attest and um I was pretty much that was like my music game of choice um I think Dante in college had introduced me to was it like Audio Surf? Yes, I actually forgot to mention that one. Oh, where it yeah. automatically generated like the level for you and stuff. So you could choose whatever song you wanted, and I thought that was really awesome because you know I'd been used to playing like only rock music, which was like I, I at that point after playing Rock Band so much, I started getting into rock music and listening to it. But after like knowing that there's games out there that you can just choose the song, so I could listen to the rap music or the techno or whatever that i wanted to listen to and like have highways and everything for it was really cool and then um 
they made the perfect game for me uh, like a couple years later with DJ Hero, and I got really, really into DJ Hero um, for a while, and um, I started branching off. I think I played, um, I didn't play the original, but I play, I really, really like Child of Light, or, or excuse me, Child of Eden. Yep. Um, I, I didn't I didn't have the game, the, 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 um, Connect the Connect version, so I played it with the controller, but I really, I like... You guys were talking about music uh, that you like listen to outside of the game. I listen to that soundtrack heavy. And um, another, I would say, pseudo music game that I was into, uh, thanks to Dante again, um, was Shatter. <laughs> um, that that was a game that I actually thought about doing as a bonus cast, but it's kind of like an alleyway uh, style game. But the the music in it is it has a twist, but the music in it is really really good. And, um, yeah, I think I, mean, I got into Rock Band Blitz, obviously. So, I, I don't know. I, I really, really dig the genre, even if it's, like, not something that I play on the regular. I have, like, a soft space in my heart for music games. Wasn't there yeah. one you had on a list at one point? Um, well, Cadence, uh, not Cadence of Hyrule, the um, Crypt of the Necrodancer. It, or, no, yeah. this was a while back. Well, let me see. Crypt of the Necrodancer is one that I've been trying to get us to play for a while, but neither of these, Greg or Trevor, would ever vote for it. But now we're playing the Cadence of Hyrule, which I'm not salty about. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, Let me check to see my old list. Um, I guess in the meantime, I'll say that I've gotten into VR music games, which has been really cool. So Harmonics, which is one of like the big... music game studios or whatever they have a game called autica which essentially you have two pistols and you're like shooting at these very hyper stylized targets to the beat of the music and stuff that's been a lot of fun um what's the other game i play a lot the game the game trevor was a thumper i've been trying to get these guys to yeah i just put it in the chat i don't know if you saw it Um... yeah so yeah, you guys are music fan haters, apparently. At least Trevor and Greg are. <laughs> I had forgotten about Audio Surf, like until you mentioned it, because I remember, um, like somebody told me, like you can import your entire, um, like, yep, library into that. And I had a like at that time I had a huge iTunes library, and so I got Audio Surf just so I could do that, and I, I would play this, you know, my music through there. Yeah. I don't know, it's just something like, something I've always been into, obviously, is like, I've always liked music, and I know when we were in college, like, I got really into, like, just listening to music and, and whatnot, and a lot of indie games had, like, banging soundtracks back then, like Super Meat Boy, and um, I really liked the VVVVVV soundtrack, and, like, just other games, and I would, like, listen to those outside of uh the, their games and just being able to like download those soundtracks and play them in audio surf was really cool and like i'm one of the things that i used to do a lot was like either fall asleep with music going or like have some type of equalizer or visualizer on the screen in a dark room listening to like music and just vibing out so like that's always been something i really enjoy doing and uh you, like i feel like music games are like a really really like kind of like therapeutic almost for me in a sense where it's like I, I i don't they're not necessarily games that i'm like trying to master um they're just games that i i really enjoy playing and they like help me mellow out i guess you could say 
I don't feel like I'm ever competing with people in in the sense. And obviously you can. I, I did get like competitive with the rock band and everything, but like Yeah, I was about to say I remember you like frequenting <laughs> score hero for a minute. So. Yeah, yeah. Like I did like but but that was something that I enjoyed, but like just the I, I never like did it to the detriment where I no longer enjoyed doing the thing just for fun. That's fair. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> A little bit of history of music games between the three of us. Um, so I think this game is a great uh, uh, what is it a game to include amongst those that the list of games. Um, I, I really, really, really enjoyed the music in this game, and it's not something if you were to tell me it was like a poppy. Like I don't necessarily listen to pop music all that much, right? Um, but like the the music in this game really really hit me and i think the um accompanied with the visuals and everything like i think you said it was supposed to be a visual pop music album or pop music video right and everything just kind of plays hand in hand so vividly so like when i was on that treadmill back when we could actually use treadmills and go to the gym without being like you know murdering our neighbors or whatever Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was like oh i i actually kind of jump back into that moment in the game and i'd like actually have these very vivid like thoughts of oh man this is me on my little motorcycle in first person going through this thing (laughs) yeah yeah so it's it's really uh it's it's really cool too because like when i the the color scheme of the game it like to me it it screams like the vaporwave kind of like it's like the soft kind of pastel-y kind of like pinks and blues and mm-hmm. and like so i always think of like the vaporwave uh like kind of more hotline miami and um katana zero kind of music and i feel like this is a lo- it's a lot more chill and it, it it fits it like really still really really well even though like when i was looking at the the colors i was thinking like this soundtrack is going to be banging like really fast paced and it really wasn't fast paced but it still was like like the music still banged. <laughs> yeah, like it's just legitimately good pop music. Mm-hmm. Where if like, you know, in a world where this the game didn't exist and I just heard something from this game on the radio, I'd be like, oh, well that makes sense. It's not like you know how you have music and then you have video game music. Yeah, yeah. This really just felt like music to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it feels more organic than like video game music. Sometimes video game music can feel like it's contrived, and it just has that really, um, I don't know. It's like really regimented, whereas this feels more organic and natural. That makes sense. Like every song kind of had its like beginning, middle, and end. It wasn't just some blooping seven Mm -hmm. seconds of something. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like video game music is a lot of times like the stuff that I like really like creates like a. A lot of times when I'm listening to video game music, it's like it has to be accompanied with some type of visual in order for me to get the entire experience. And like, I did have a lot of moments, like you said, Dante, where you like listen to this on its own and like you put yourself in. Um, the situation of wherever it was played in the game, but I never felt like if I was listening, I didn't feel like I had to do that in order to enjoy the music where sometimes when I'm listening to video game music, it's like, I can't 
differentiate. I can't separate this from what it comes from. And I feel like this game, you can with the music, if that makes any sense. It does, it does. And, like, I want to just reiterate that I like video game music, but... I think we all do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think we all do. But it's just different how it's employed here rather than in your standard game. And I think it just... um, if you just had quote unquote video game music in this game, I don't think it would have hit like it does, at least for me. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It is crazy too, because like, in like, I'm trying to think, it isn't like with Hotline Miami, they use actual licensed music. So it was already songs that were like out for consumption, and then they used that as the soundtrack for the game. And I feel like with this one, it was composed for the game, right? I think that's the case. But in fact, like, I'm positive. Yeah, I, I'm like at least with me with Hotline Miami, it's like I cannot listen to those songs and not think of Hotline Miami, even though they weren't made for that <laughs> as the original intention. And these feel like these were made with the intention of being in this video game, but like they don't, they don't feel like they're tied to like you have to you know experience this game in order to enjoy this i guess what do you guys think about the art style in general and is there any point of reference that you'd compare it to because in my mind i kept saying oh this looks like a really really like good version of those insurance commercials that i hated but i went online and looked at an insurance commercial i'm like oh that's not it's similar in the fact that it's like a flat shading that it does and I don't even know what I you technically call that from like an artistic standpoint but um I really like the style of this game it's is very typical of or at least the colors are very typical of a rhythm game um I don't know if that's that has something to do psychologically with like how we perceive music and and um pressing buttons um to a, to to a court. time yeah <laughs> time but it, it has that you know that neon you know bright colors and um almost the tron look um, it does how am i even trying to say this like there's this white color that's pretty much like in every single shot of the game but then there's also like you have your blues you have your pinks you have occasionally like a like fiery orange type of color i'm trying to think about how to describe what i'm trying to describe like it's a very specific palette that they use but it's also very minimalist Mm -hmm. and the colors are very like identifiable for what they're trying to go for yeah like all the shapes in it you don't have any confusion of like what is this or what is that it like to me it, it invokes a lot of like EDM colorways and like 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 the things that you see like when you're watching a DJ perform EDM music like a big name DJ and like how they do the visuals on a screen in the background or like the colors that are illuminating the room that's kind of like the, the vibe I get from the game and um, like every there's nothing in it that is like hard to tell like what is that or whatever like you're 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 for the most part you're collecting what like heart shaped pieces and and diamond shaped pieces Mm -hmm. so it's not like super hard but like even like the backgrounds and like the things that you are moving around it's like 
it's easy to tell what it is. Like you're moving amongst buildings or you're moving through a park or you're moving along a highway or like everything is like easy to identify. And I think they do so much with so little because we keep saying the word colorful, vivid, like neon, whatever. But there's only maybe three actual colors on screen at a time. And there's just like different shades of those same colors that make the full picture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And 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 um, they and it, like they do like you three colors. They do a lot with a little. <laughs> like you're never like, what is that? Or I'm not quite sure. And like um, even when they introduce um, like specific gameplay gameplay things, like when you have like the button timing sequences, or when they change the perspective, I never feel like anything gets lost in, in amongst the the visuals. And they do like a lot with a little, like you said, where like you're three to four colors and even you you may go from a first person sequence to a over the shoulder sequence to a you're moving at the camera to a side scrolling to a top down like well not top down but like the the vr sequences and i never feel like i'm like i'm disoriented or like i don't know what's going on i know like one of the things too this is like one of those games like i'm not necessarily a photo mode person but like this definitely could like you could yep. literally like pause this game at any point, and if you could like move all the HUD stuff, like you would have like a, a beautiful like <laughs> desktop uh, screenshot for your you know your computer it, wallpaper. Let me tell you, I didn't really expect there to be too much of a difference between me playing this on Switch and PC because like this game is very simplistic as far as like geometry and stuff, but playing that game with like the ultra high resolution or stuff, it. It's exactly like you were saying, man. It was <laughs> insane. Mm. Also made the gameplay a lot easier because I could just... I don't know if they adjusted like the draw distance or things were just that much cleaner, but... <laughs> can can I say something? And I hope it's not blasphemous because I, I don't know. I don't know if you played the game, Dante, but we did for the podcast. It's like a colorful, vibrant, like Kentucky Route Zero. Hmm. I don't know if... Like... I feel like there's, like, not that much, like, you know, facial detail or everything, but, like, looking at the screenshots of, like, both these games, it's, like, like, a similar art style. Granted, like, Kentucky Route Zero went for a more drab, like, I kind of feel like depressing color palette, and I feel like, you know, perspectives, and they have different things in the background, obviously, but I feel like the colors for this game, very similar art style, but more, like you said, bright, vibrant, lurid, neon kind of colors. Yeah, I haven't played it, but just looking at these screenshots, I can definitely see what you mean. So, along with the art style, I don't know if y'all like took particularly a uh, particular time looking at the um, like the icons for each level, but like oh. they're really cool. Just like in the in the main menu, like yeah, the kind of because uh, they all vector take, style. Yeah, they all take art. like the shape of a heart. Huh. Huh. Like, it's definitely interesting because um, it all fits in with the um, tarot reading theme of the game, definitely. And you can see, like, everything has this layer of, um, not astrology, but what's the word I'm looking for? Essentially, like, it's based on the lunar calendar or, you know, like... Zodiac astrology? The Zodiac, yeah. Strong a blank. Oh yeah, with the riddles and everything too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. Um, 
can can I did the story land for you guys or did you guys like did you guys feel the story we don't necessarily have to go like beat by beat or anything like that but like did it do much for you guys it it seemed like there is an intro and then from there you kind of infer your own story Mm-hmm. Because, like Dante was saying in the, in his intro, like the levels are meant to be played in chronological order. But I don't know. It seems like the levels are more so in acts. Like they're they're distinct acts. Um, let me see. I didn't count how many. There was like a multiple heartbreak. Yeah, twenty six or twenty seven. I'd like to say. Yeah. So like maybe like every eight levels or so. There's a different act, eight or nine levels. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I honestly couldn't follow it. Like I knew there was a, like you could infer a story from how the characters interact with each other during each level. But essentially, mm-hmm. what you're doing is, you know, you're the protagonist and they're the antagonist. That's kind of what it boils down to. But you don't know, like what their history is unless you kind of take their um like use the context of like their their um their outfits i I guess we should say aside from the narrator there's no voice acting so it's not like the heroine meets up with this one antagonist and then they have this like cut scene where they're talking about their feelings or whatever exactly everything is inferred yeah it's like to me. Um, do you do you have like a interpretation or do you have like a a reading? I guess I would say of the story. Oh, absolutely. What about you, Trevor? Not at all. And honestly, like before we um, started recording, I was just looking up. Like once I asked y'all about the um, if y'all had ever had a tarot reading, I was looking up like what some of the cards meant, just to see if they could fill in the gaps of oh yeah, this is what this character is and. When I looked them up on the wiki, like, you know, I got the names of each of the the characters or the factions that you, um, you know, that you confront. Mm-hmm. And, like, they correspond to different tarot cards. Um, so I guess I'd have to read each of those to see, like, the history behind that card to see if it kind of corresponds to, in. yeah. I'd, I'd like to say that um, this is kind of similar it's kind of weird making this comparison specific because these games are completely opposite end of the spectrum, but um, Dark Souls storytelling where it's very like ingrained in the environment and what you're doing and some of the lore around it rather than like it explicitly saying anything. So like when you go into a new location, the locations being every like, let's say seven or eight levels like Trevor was saying, like you get Bittersweet Starway, um, Whoa Whoa Woods, Twilight Cry City, Desert of Doubts. So you're literally navigating this woman's emotions. And I don't, how do I say what I'm trying to say here? Like, it is definitely a journey of her through herself. The whole, like, tarot reading thing is just a kind of abstraction of that or you know like a layer to make it a little bit more you know metaphysical 
the um, kind of I was going down a similar path as you, Trevor, um, trying to like what actually is this story trying to represent? And I ran across like a some posts on Reddit, and a lot of people um, had different interpretations of this game, and I don't think any of them were necessarily incorrect and like kind of alluding to what Dante had said like people were pointing out different things happening in the background or like not happening with the main characters and it reminded me a little bit uh maybe this is also another bad comparison but like kind of like Goragoa where there's not a clear like this is what the uh creator is trying to tell you it's up to the player or the viewer to kind of interpret and take from it what they will um so like some of the different readings i saw were um the protagonist the girl was trying to get over multiple exes um there was also the interpretation of the protagonist trying to get over just a single ex and then there was also the interpretation of the protagonist's kind of being a, a trans person and and seeing different I, I don't know if the word is dysphoria and and like kind of like the the way you see yourself as you are going through certain transformations so like i saw like those three different interpretations and people saying like that's what they think was going on um because i think all of them looked like her like all of them at some point in the game were stylized to be like look like her maybe with just different like longer longer hair or like maybe a different part of her life or anything like that so like i don't think any of them are like incorrect it's just like really it was really interesting to see like three different readings of the same game everybody played the same game but had three different takeaways from it and like i felt like all of them like felt like yeah i could see that or yeah i could see that or yeah i remember this so it's kind of like yeah. what details are you paying attention to will help like kind of inform how you perceive the story to be but I guess I will say, like, I think the details are there, and, like, there's a lot of games, and I think we talked about Hotline Miami the other day, about, like, Hotline Miami and Katana Zero, where we're like, oh, well, we don't know anything about these stories, and you kind of have to wait until a second playthrough to really get anything out of it, where I don't feel like that's the case here. Like, even if we don't have, like, an objective truth so to speak about like what the story is telling there is definitely enough there to infer yeah definitely certain things. definitely like, and you can definitely like i'm sorry i was just gonna say no, that like good. the level names and stuff you can tell like she's going through some stuff and like it's a very small detail because you only see the little name of the level every time you enter a new area and it's not even like you know it doesn't pop up full screen or whatever it's just a little sub subtext but Especially on my second playthrough, I could tell, oh, well, she's dealing with this emotion right now and this despair and this sadness. Yeah, yeah. And, like, like honestly, like, for me, like, my read was, like, she was dealing with these emotions and a lot of it was, like, just her coming to terms and dealing with accepting these things. And so at the end, when she was back at peace, it's because she kind of accepted things for how they were. And that was, like, my take on it. So it was, like, really interesting. Like, I had... There would be no way I'd have even something like that 
mm-hmm. basic as saying acceptance for a game like Hotline Miami or Katana Zero, you know? So, like, I have a read of this story, and it may not be an accurate one, but at least I have, like, a, a general... You have a takeaway. Exactly, where that is yeah. not the case with those other two games. And it's not to say that they're bad or whatever, but like you said, there, there's a little bit more to draw from in this game. So even if we don't necessarily have, like, story beats that we want to talk about, it is not, like, in the same realm as those other two games. <laughs> Yeah, my read on it was actually close to um, like what you were saying. You saw online where somebody was saying it was about a trans person, because you know at the beginning the protagonist has a is almost looks masculine, and then she goes through like a transformation before she like jumps into the the rhythm part of the game, um, and then also there's a um, a female symbol on her shirt. I don't know if yeah, you yeah, the, the, yeah. So yeah. It, it made me think, you know, maybe there's some significance to that. Mm-hmm. And just like all the characters in the game are masked as well. Mm-hmm. So you know, you never like necessarily see their their face. Um, did you ever catch who was the narrator? I, I remember seeing you talk about I that did, group. and it was. <laughs> it, it's funny because she was my first guess. Like when I wrote in the group and said, "Hey, this narrator sounds familiar." You want to go ahead and say who it is? It's Queen Latifah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and then later on, like when I kept hearing it, because that was only in like the the longest part of the dialogue that you hear from her is in the um, intro narration. Mm-hmm. But then throughout the game, you only hear her voice, um, like at the end of each level when she tells you like what um, what rank you received for completing the level. Yeah, <laughs> and and it's funny because when I was listening to the soundtrack on Apple Music, every time the music ended, I would be expecting to hear, <laughs> like, dang, what rank did I get? <laughs> but um, but yeah, those that's really the only lengthy um dialogue that you get from from Queen Latifah. So later on in the game, when I kept hearing her at the end of each level, I uh, started thinking, you know, maybe this is somebody else. Like I could tell it was a black female voice. And I was like, I know it's familiar. Um, Can't quite put a finger on it. Exactly. Um, and then finally, in the credits, it said Queen Latifah. And I was like, okay, yeah. That's kind of like their last thing. It's like, by the way, we got her. Yeah. And, and I looked it up online, too. And I think that was like a, a last-minute edition. It was. That was actually um, a benefit of them partnering with Annapurna because... I think the story went, at least from what I read, was one of the main developers on the game's like, man, it'd be really cool if we could get Queen Latifah, and he just said it jokingly. And then sure enough, like, like, hey, you you asked for this? <laughs> we got her. Yeah. She also does um, have a significant narrative on the very last song, or I guess kind of like the epilogue, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, so she does speak to you like twice. Yeah, but other than that, like it's like either flavor where it's like it's almost kind of it's gonna be stupid, but like the man on the moon when you're listening to those albums, and like mm-hmm. every now and then the narrator will come in at like when it's like the next act, if you want to say, where they say you know like add a little flavor text, and then you get the next vibe of the next couple songs on the album. It was almost like that with her in this in this game, which also kind of ties back to the whole pop album kind of thing because it. it it made me think of that. Um, something else I wanted to ask. Can't think of it now. 
Oh, I did want to say one last thing, and this might be jumping ahead, but going back to the story thing, I will say, like, I definitely picked up more stuff the second time playing through than the first time just because you kind of have the full context of everything. Mm -hmm. And I also want to say that last level, like, from a storytelling perspective, is incredible. It's borderline braid levels for me. As far as you talking about level design? Like, not even level design, but, like, what it's trying to convey to you story-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you remember Braid. In fact, we just talked about Braid for different reasons, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the way it kind of very tightly ties the bow on the story they're trying to tell, like... I don't want to get too much into, like, the story right now, but, like, the whole concept of self-acceptance and, like, moving on and stuff like that, that entire level just narratively what it's doing is essentially kind of making the character okay with themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was really powerful the second time when I was playing through the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, should we just go ahead into the gameplay, I guess? Okay. Um. Yeah, go ahead. I'll let you. I'll let you do it. All right. Well, as I said quite a few times, um, this game is on rails. It's also a very simple game. So you're navigating a stage, and the methods of navigation change stage to stage. And essentially, you're trying to collect hearts. Eventually, you get the gold cards as well, which there's a couple of those hidden per level. And you can also um, complete these hidden tarot questions. Or riddles, like the that. riddles. Yeah, the riddles. Which, um, those are very, like, level dependent, so you might have to get a very bad rank on a level or something to get, you know, to it's, complete it's like the riddle. specific objectives that you need to do in order to... Do you know what you get when you do all the riddles? I have no clue. Okay. Yeah, they're like just really one-off specific objectives per level. I think there's like two per level. And they could be something as simple as like skip the cutscenes on this level or something like don't get a rank on this level or collect all the gold cards across all the levels. Like it just it just very specific things that you have to do. But they're, they're, they don't give you the objective like that. It, it's like in, it's told in a riddle, and you have to decipher what you need to do in order to complete it. Right, and I think that's really like commendable, just because one, you had to, they had to come up with the riddle in the first place, and then two, it's not like they just, you know, okay, we finished the riddles for Claire de Lune. Let's copy paste them for the other twenty six levels. Yeah, yeah. You know, so they're all very custom made. Um, what else was I about to say? So you have an action button, which pretty much could be any face button on the controller. And you'll use that to do some combat sequences because you are fighting people occasionally. And also sometimes you have to, you know, essentially get past a QTE of sorts, do a jump, whatever. And you just have to hit the button. So it's a very simplified game as far as, like, gameplay goes. But they abstract it out into a couple different um, 
mechanics. So just because one level might be like a 2D left-right type of ordeal, you might have another level where you're like flying on a dragon and you have to move, you know, in eight directions. Yeah, and I, I really, like, when I first started playing this game, I was a little bit concerned because I was like, there's a lot of levels and um, I played, I think it was the first two levels and I really liked them and then I played the third level and it kind of like, changed the perspective and I didn't really care for it and then they kept changing the perspective and I was like, oh, I'm not really digging this but then once I got into the flow of things then it was, like, a lot easier for me to play Um I, normally, when I play games like this, I try to play. I, like I try to play most games on Switch with the D-pad, but this was one of those few games where I had to play with the Joy-Con or with the the, the um, uh, joystick because I just didn't have the fidelity that I needed, especially in some of those flying levels. That's fair. This, this was like maybe the first or second. I think this maybe is the second game I've played on in handheld mode on switch where i was just like yeah i gotta use this joystick <laughs> i was about to ask did you guys do handheld mode or did you guys do docked for handheld yeah handheld okay see that this is another one of those games and i know i say this a lot i'm like i can't even fathom how like <laughs> you do that <laughs> just because the music is so integral and like i mean it does have the speakers but I like. I'm gonna be honest. I I think I've maybe played less than five times. I played dock mode. Oh, I thought you were gonna say you played it with with the sound off. Oh no no no! (laughs) I was like, y'all talked about. When we were talking initially, I thought he was actually playing with the sound off. At one point, I was like, "Are you sure?" Nah, I I I play with my headphones in. I play with usually when when it's a game that I have to have the sound going. Uh, like I need to hear it, then I usually play with headphones on, so I'm not disturbing my wife or whatever. So yeah, I, I play with my headphones on because I play this in bed, um, you know, before going to sleep. Mm-hmm. The um, but yeah, like I was saying, like I I was bad gamer Marcus right here. Come, come a little closer. Come a little closer. When I first started this game, I didn't like it. I'm not gonna lie. And uh, I don't know if you mentioned this, Dante, but uh, you're basically you're you're being scored in this game, mm-hmm. and so you're you're you know you're collecting these diamonds and these hearts, and you're getting a score. And to me, the I would say I went through about half the game not understanding the scoring system because it's never really explained, mm-hmm. and. I don't think that's a bad thing, but it was really, like, me being, like, who I am. Like, I'm a completionist, and I was like, I want to get the gold rank, I want to get the gold rank. And this was one of those games where it's not based off of combat, so it wasn't, like... Right, and I I also know you, and I know you would have taken, like, kind of slight offense being, like... How dare you give me a silver rank? I know yep. I got all those things. Yep, yep, yep. So, so but, um, I was I was not having a lot of fun when I first was playing this yep. game because I was striving to get all gold ranks. So, like, if I would get a silver rank, I would just keep playing the level over and over and over and over again until I got a gold. So, do you want me to explain like how the scoring? I know works? now. I know now. It just I, I know you know, but I also I think what you said was a very fair criticism because I didn't know until. 
I think it was Begin Again was the song, because that one's kind of longer than most of the songs, and mm-hmm. I was wondering, I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Because I'm getting most of the stuff. I'm only, like, dying once, maybe, in the level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, you, can, you can explain it then. Yeah, so, essentially, how it works is, you have these little hearts that you collect as, as far as um, getting points. Each heart gives you a certain amount of points, but each subsequent heart that you get increases the value of I guess the value of points you're getting per heart by like 5 or 50, I can't remember, it's some increment and the second you die, which you can fall off a ledge, you can run into something somebody can hit you with something that multiplier resets so the goal or the overall like best way to do things is try to keep your combo as long as possible I, you know ideally you keep it through the entire thing but it's a lot different if you lose your combo you know like at the very beginning of the level or the very end of the level versus like the middle of the level so you know let's say you had a hundred combo streak or whatever you died halfway through the level that's going to hurt you a lot more because your entire multiplier resets because you're technically getting like, you know, an increment for each um, heart you get. Versus like, if you drop the combo very late in the level, it's not even going to matter because, oh, well, I've already got gold rank. So even if it does reset me back to like getting 50 points per heart or whatever, you know, I'm still going to make it. Mm-hmm. Did you did you understand the scoring, uh, Trevor, when you were playing it? Not really. It was more so just collect as many hearts as you can. Don't crash. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and it's stupid because it's like it's a it's a dumb complaint. But it was just like I didn't know. Like I think I told Dante. Like I think one of the levels was like, oh, you needed forty thousand points in order to get gold rank. And like the first time I played it, I got thirty eight thousand. I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm not that far off. I just need to do a little bit better and collect a couple more things, and then I'm good to go. And then like literally the next two times I played, I was getting like twenty five and twenty six thousand. I'm like, how the hell? Like, am I doing worse? I'm collecting everything. I didn't realize that you got your modifier your combo modifier basically reset when you died and um i was getting a little bit salty then because i was like how is anybody supposed to know the route or the way to play this level like because i think it was like the one the, the what is the the boss level is it begin again or dead of night yeah. Yeah, that's the one with the first person the motorcycle. Wolf. Yeah, yeah, that one took me a long time. And and it's just kind of like there was so much, there were so many things going on on some of these levels. The ones that I was I was struggling with the most were any of the ones that were timing based, where you had to focus on the you know hitting the button at the action button at the right time and also collecting hearts at the same time. Um, where you had to, like, it it was a little bit of multitasking that I just wasn't really, like, expecting from the game, so I wasn't in that mindset, so it took me a while to get to that point. And then any ones where it was, like, a super long level where it was like, okay, I can play this first three sections flawlessly, 
I have a little bit of a hairy time when it comes to the fourth or fifth section. And then if I pass those and it's smooth sailing, and of course I always die at least once in the fourth or fifth section, my modifier gets reset. And then I'm like, crap, I, you know, it's like not even worth playing out the rest of this level because I'm not going to gold rank it or whatever. And I, so I was struggling a lot in the beginning because I was like fighting the game and like, this is not cool. This is not fair. Like, how are people? How am I supposed to know where to go on my first cup run of this level, or my second run, or third run? Like, you know, th- this game is moving so fast that I don't really know, like, when I can even try to do like a a shortcut or whatever. Because you're moving on rails, and a lot of times I feel like the game was moving so fast that it was just like unfair. So the thing that you kind of learn and. It's on your favorite level. I can't even think of the name of it, Marcus. Uh, my favorite level is the world we know. <laughs> we knew. The one with the snaps, right? My favorite one, well, that was the, the parallel universe. Yeah, that was parallel, parallel universe. universe. Okay, that one sorry. was cool. No, my v, the VR one was my favorite level. Okay, cool, cool. Well, on the um, parallel universe's world, it does this very interesting mechanic where, since the antig- antagonist is kind of like snapping their um, fingers... To the beat and of the music. To the beat of the music, and the entire landscape in front of you switches every time they snap. And at first, I was kind of overwhelmed by that level, because I'm like, how am I supposed to memorize all of this stuff? And then I realized, I don't need to be memorizing, I need to be looking ahead and kind of just plotting my route. Because the game will intrinsically navigate you to success if you let it. Yeah, yeah. And and that was I think talking to you too. One of the things is is like when I was first playing this game, I had the music going, but I wasn't listening to the music. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And so like when I was having issues, because another thing I was having issues with was the timing of the hitting the action button, which is really stupid because you know we were just talking about music games and like how we have background with all these and i mm-hmm. i felt like the timing of hitting the button was off for like i was hitting the button when it filled in but i wasn't mm-hmm. getting the full amount of points and that was irking me so much but when dante was like you need to listen to the music and do it in time with the music and then i was like okay this makes sense then my next question was why can't i calibrate it so it works better <laughs> but so <laughs> go ahead I was just going to say, so it's a little different than what we're used to. So exactly. Rock Band and all of those games, they don't – actually, it out all goes back to DDR when I think about it. Like, back in the day, music games used to time you on your timing of the hit. Yes. Where, like, DDR had miss, near miss, good, perfect, I think. Mm-hmm. Most music games have gotten rid of that since then. For the action inputs in this game specifically – they kind of go back to um, the DDR mentality. But the thing about it is, we're so accustomed from Rock Band, like, we know we have to do, like, a, you know, thrill across the fret or whatever of the fretboard. Mm-hmm. So we'll hit microseconds before, like, it actually completely fills in. This game encourages you to wait until it fills in, and then there's actually, like, a really hefty window after that so if you just like let the beat complete and then like give it like 0.1 seconds you're guaranteed to get it perfect so i've learned like oh i'm hitting everything early 
let me wait until I know it's perfect in my mind and give it like another point one seconds and then hit. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, yeah. That all sounds good in theory, but then when you get to that level where there's like four or five of those back to back and you have and you to, miss one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then especially um I think it's one of the forest levels where you're jumping. Or when because, you're on the deer. Yeah, you're trying I to hated jump. that level. You're trying to time your jump and time the press to get perfects on each one. And you're collecting gems. <laughs> and even one of the jumps you have to intentionally miss if you want to get yeah. the gold. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, yeah, I, I it, it, it took a little bit to like get used to that. And I... It, I it wasn't ideal, but like once I once you get it, then it, it it makes sense. But it was just like a matter of like, oh, this is like not how I'm used to things, and I just have to get used to it. I have to adapt. And once I adapted, then it was fine. But it was like a while where I was stuck on like that level with the deer and the the dead of night level where it was just like, what the crap? Like I'm hitting it, and I'm not you know getting the right score, and it's like getting so focused and like annoyed with that and like i said any level where there was like action sequences like uh, a timing based and you also had to be um collecting things at the same time was a little bit tricky for me and then at, at a certain point like just talking to dante i was like i just need to like listen to the music and not worry about like what's going on on the screen um, when it comes to like making sure i i i hit it when the w- once i saw like an action sequence pop up I was like, okay, I need to listen to the music and not look at the visual, which is really counterintuitive, but it like really helped me out. And you got, I don't want to say stuck, but I know you were having problems with the one level where you're fighting the three girls at the same time or three women at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, that one is very like action-based oriented or whatever, like mm-hmm. or, you know, QTE oriented, if yeah. you will. Yeah, there, it, but yeah. Uh, I guess kind of going back to the levels, though, like... I didn't really care for the the timing based sequences, but other than that, like I, I think I really liked the back half of the game. I think every level minus the the car level, I really, really, really enjoyed. I think for me, my enjoyment was pretty consistent. I might even say like, if I'm replaying stuff, I'd probably replay the first half more than the back half, aside mm-hmm. from a couple set of like. So, so, like, for me, like, I, I had a couple, like, I had, what is your favorite level? Did you, And I know you had one. I don't know if you did, Trevor. Um, I like the levels when, whenever you were, um, um, like, shooting in front of something in front of you. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, like the one with, th- with a three-headed robot dog. Oh, so, okay. yeah, that was the, the Dead of Night, the boss level? I think so. Yeah, and then there was also the levels close to that where you're fighting the wolves and you have to shoot the wolves. Mm-hmm. Laser Love, I think, was another one. I like those, um, and of course, Parallel Universe. Like that mechanic was, along really with cool. the music, yeah. was was perfect. But like Dante, I think throughout the game, I think my reaction to a lot of the the levels was pretty consistent. It wasn't overwhelming or anything but it was it was okay there were just a few standout levels what about you dante 
So, um, I'm just going through this list. So, Begin Again was definitely, like, one of my favorites. Because that, that was kind of like the first long level. And it definitely had, like, these, def like, sequences that were really cool and, like, hyper-stylized. And I really like the cinematography of this game. Which, I know we've talked about the art a lot, but just, like, the certain shots they have and how they capture, like the momentum of you being on the bike and chasing after these people and stuff like that. I think they do a really good job of that. Um, I like the... Oh my gosh. What was the one with the robot dog thing? Uh, Dead of Night. Dead of Night. That one's good. The Forest Dub one's pretty interesting where you're... Uh, yep, yep. <laughs> going through the mushrooms and... Oh, yeah. Did you actually run into one of the mushrooms? I did not. I did. Oh. Do, do, do. <laughs> <laughs> Got that Mario going. Yeah. Um, I, I like those two. Um, there was a couple of the subspace worlds that were pretty cool. Obviously, the you know blinking one that we've talked about. And I really like the last level, Wild Hearts Never Die. Mm -hmm. Even though it's very, very difficult. Um, that, one, that one was like... I enjoyed replaying that one. Like, I, I actually ended up, you know, trying to go back and gold everything, and I did. I was able to do that. So my method of, like, I'm not going to go to the next level until I gold it, I, I was hard-headed, and I stuck with that throughout the whole game. And mm -hmm. I was able to, like, gold every level. Um, and that level was... Uh, it, it, was a, it was a pleasure to uh, replay. Yeah. Um, I know for me, um, I really like that... Like... See, the thing is with me, it was like, it was levels that I liked because of music, but then there was levels I liked because of moments. Yes. And so, like, probably my favorite level, like I said, was the world we knew, which was that, it was the VR kind of level. It, it reminded me a lot of Geometry Wars, and I really liked that level. Um, I also really liked, um, I think it was Reverie, where you're moving down like a like an alleyway and there's these pieces coming at you and you have to like shift your body in order to avoid the pieces as you're going. But then, um, and like the levels you guys said, like I did like the snapping parallel universe level as well. And the Dead of Night was interesting once I got used to it in Forest Dub. But then there was levels where there was moments where I was just like, I could literally play this thing for forever. And, like, it's so, like, satisfying. Yep. Um, and, like, for me, the last level when you're flying, at the very end when you're flying through those rings as the mm -hmm. dragon, was so cool. I really, 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 really like sailing. So when you were on that yep. boat and having going over those waves and avoiding those whirlpools and... I like those two parts for me were like I get goosebumps, dude. I, I don't know why, but it was like so satisfying. Um, yeah. So you mentioned Claire de Lune. Did you like that level as well? I I just like Claire de Lune. I I just freaking love that song, <laughs> and so like hearing a. Uh, um, and they kind of use it as like a metaphor throughout the game too, because it appears in a couple different places, if I recall. Mm -hmm. But like, he, like I, I just really like that song, and um, so hearing a 
kind of poppy electro kind of style remix of it was just really cool. Um, I did replay the level and it's it all, like before we hopped on here and the levels really is cool too. It, it's not necessarily stand out for me besides well, the music. I, I think it's stand out in the fact that like things come full circle. So after you do that, like dragon sequence at the end of the last level, you end up back. Yeah. In the yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So I thought that was real. Like everything kind of comes full circle in this mm-hmm. game. And then like for me, things that like, because I had, what is your favorite level, least favorite level? What is your favorite moment, least favorite moment? And for me, it's like my favorite levels kind of correspond with like the things that, like music that I really liked. But my favorite moments were like things that I, I could like just do this forever. And it was like flying on that dragon in the sailboat part. I just really, really enjoyed those. And they were so satisfying. And I was like, damn, I wish these sequences were longer. Yeah, I think I, I agree had a, a similar thought of like, uh, you know, I wish the levels were longer. Like, because I know there is a, it's like a medley um, type level that you unlock, uh, or I don't know if you unlock it once you finish the game, but if you look under extras, um, like you can play through the entire album, mm-hmm. and I think it's in one go, but um, I wish some of the levels were like that, where you could kind of play it arcade style, where it's almost never ending and the difficulty kind of ramps up. Um, just so you can keep listening to the music. Mm-hmm. I did not know that about the extras. That's cool. I might have to try that out. Yeah, they definitely have like an endless mode that yeah, I that's think what it, it is. completes your or keeps your score between levels and whatnot. So, um, did you guys have any least favorite levels or least favorite moments? I kind of like. I don't like the car level. That was like by far my least favorite level in the original playthrough. Mm-hmm. This time it wasn't that bad. I I was like, well, this is just kind of like a neutral thing. I don't really feel one way or the other about it. Was the reasoning why? Because it was for me. It just it felt like it doesn't control well. Yeah, you went from having like something that was a little bit more tight, con- tightly controlled, and then this one level is like, nope, we're not going to give you the controls that you're used to, and. It's not bad per se. It's just different enough that it's just kind of a little off-putting. I'll tell you what. I gained more respect for it when I realized that drifting increases your score. So, like, at least from a mechanical standpoint, like, they're encouraging you to do something, like, or encouraging you to use the mechanic. Mm-hmm. There so I were, thought that was kind of neat. Later on in the game, I didn't realize that there were you got bonuses for near misses. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it made me think of like playing like Burnout, like where you have like you know driving into oncoming traffic and everything. And I was just like, oh, like they had this thing in this game the entire time. Um, one of the levels for me was that Transonic Gravity. That level was really fun, but it was like very, very hectic. And like, it was the one where you're constantly teleporting um, to the track above you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where you, that guy is with electricity, and that level was kind of hectic. Like I, I enjoyed the music, and it was fun, but it was just hectic. And like for me, the, I think the levels, like the car levels, and any motorcycle level where you had to hit like the, the little thing in order to turn. You, yeah, I didn't um, like those levels because I felt like those levels. It, it was less about. I, I didn't enjoy the levels where it was about memorization, where it was just like. 
you just had to be in the right place at the right time in order to do well on it your first level, your first time. And then after that, it's just memorizing the pattern, which I guess technically every level's like that. But those ones, it felt especially like that, where you couldn't. I feel react. like this game's pretty good about like not punishing you for not knowing. Like, there's very few cases where you actually like capital F fail for not knowing things, but you won't get a perfect mm-hmm. without knowing a couple things here and there. But like, I felt like, especially yeah. on those levels, it was just kind of like, oh, um, yeah. you had to play this a couple times in order to get the pattern down. Yeah, because there's literally no way you could have known to turn here, because they'll give you, like, okay, here's a left ramp and a right ramp. And one of them will have, like, the gold card or whatever, and then the other one just won't have anything. So you can't, you can't do those in, like, one playthrough. Yeah. So that's completely fair. Um... I know you didn't like Dead of Night upon like your initial playthrough. Did you turn on that at some point? Um, it, it just honestly, it was just kind of constantly replaying it and replaying it because I was like, mm-hmm. I, I had to keep replaying it in order to, in my mind, get to the next level. I had to gold it. So it, it and like that was one of those levels where I liked the music. I just didn't like playing the the level, and it was mostly like mm-hmm. the parts where you were the deer, and I didn't really like any of the ones where you were in first person mode or on the motorcycle and shooting at things ahead of you because like i was trying to be elusive and like what what would happen on those levels is i'm shooting something i kill something ahead of me and then i'm trying to kill the other ones in the other lane and i just end up missing all the gems of the thing i killed and that that screwed me over a lot (laughs) they can also be a little busy too like when you're shooting ahead of you and then there's stuff like coming towards you yeah it's hard to tell like oh well is this a bullet is this the enemy that i'm trying to shoot yeah or is this my bullet yeah but i will say one of my favorite moments in this game is the beginning of um dead of night when you're in that first person motorcycle i didn't like that (laughs) oh man i love it it's (laughs) trevor are there any like standout moments or like you know um valleys i i have to disagree with y'all about the um the car level. Um, oh, snap. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that one. Uh, that was probably the first level I got gold on, or at least that I replayed until I got gold. Um, parallel Universes, just that mechanic was pretty cool. I kept playing that one because I wanted to do it perfectly. Um, and... Um, I think I mentioned before the only level I really didn't like was the one where you have to jump and you have to time it. Um, I think you're With on the deer. Yeah, you're on the deer and you have to. Yeah, yeah. Like I like. Did you guys like Reverie? The one where you're going down that alleyway and it's like in first person and it's like VR kind of looking. Is that an alleyway? I just assume like I saw the Tetris shapes and stuff. It, it, it's the one where it, it makes me think of. Um, did you ever play Contra, the original Contras? A long time ago. It makes me think of um, when you're in that uh, mode where you're fighting the things on the walls. I don't know how to do it. Hmm. Anyways, I really, I really enjoyed uh, that level. I really enjoyed that level. I think we're stuck. I think we're talking about the same level, but at the same time, I just don't see an alleyway. Like. When I look at it, it reminds me of the original Star Fox for Super Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're moving down like a highway. Yeah. 
when I say alleyway, I, I'm just thinking like you're just moving straight forward down a path, not alleyway like the actual game alleyway, if that's what you're... Gotcha. Okay, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. Where things are kind of like 3D-ish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Huh. In first person, yeah, like all the VR levels I really enjoyed. Uh, all the levels that were like VR aesthetic I really enjoyed. Yeah, I, I'm just now realizing all of these are Tetris pieces. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah. I don't know, like ultimately this game was... This game is alright. I'm I'm um I don't think we have anything else any other questions or anything else we want to call out. Are you going to um mess are either of you guys gonna mess with the riddle stuff or I might actually go back and do the riddles because I say I hundred percent of the game but I did not finish the riddles. Yeah, that's kinda of same so. with me. <laughs> What about you, Trevor? Um, yeah, I'll probably go back and play around with it because uh, I didn't know about it until you mentioned it. Yeah, like I, I think I told Dante, it's probably no different than like the bonus stuff in uh, Hotline Miami, the the stamps and everything. It's like it's not necessarily crucial, but it's just like a little extra thing that you can do, and I'm, I'm interested to know what you can get. Uh, what what happens when you collect everything? So I might, I might probably yeah. do them too. Um. So, uh, Trevor, great game, great experience. I'll say, great game, amazing soundtrack. Okay, okay. I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> I was, I was expecting him to be say, say something completely different. Then I'm like, <laughs> why do you feel that way? You didn't say anything before. <laughs> You were expecting it too, Dante? <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he definitely he sold it that time. Yeah. He, he sold it real well. Uh, what about you, Dante? Um, great game. Amazing experience for me, personally. Okay, okay. And then I, I, I think I would echo that great game. Oh, I'll say great game, great experience. There's nothing wrong with saying that. Like, that's still good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, is my, this is my number one game we've played this year, so... <laughs> Oh, snap. Hmm. I got to think about that for a second. <laughs> We're in January. <laughs> I also did the other game for January. <laughs> this is my favorite game that we've played and talked about on the podcast. <laughs> okay. For 2021. Okay. <laughs> Fair. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely, I, I guess we all can say this is a uh, game people should check out. You guys think this is like a worthy, like a... Would you guys play other music games like this, or do you think this is just like a one-off experience, or how do you guys feel about that? I think it's a good intro to music games. I don't think it's 100% a rhythm game. Um, Like, I I think, like, when I think of rhythm games, you know, I I do think of, like, Rock Band and Guitar Hero and DDR. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Whereas this one has, like, a soundtrack to it. Mm-hmm. And I think it'd be real cool to see more games like this, like maybe with different genres. Mm-hmm. Like imagine um, playing a game like this to um, to G Unit or something, you know. Um, a coming I, of age story about Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> good Sid, good kid, Mad City, and yeah. you're just driving the. Train. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I Took think a left that'd be and cool. a right than another left. <laughs> 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 Just 
me with the homies. <laughs> Queen Latifah narrating. Homie, where is you from? <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm interested. I, w- I would like to try to see if I can get... My, my wife is not a video game player. And I think I may have said it when we talked about it then. Like, I was going to try to see if I can get her to play What Remains of Edith Finch. But I think this game might be a little bit... Uh, Easier to grasp. <laughs> um, Fair. So, because uh, I think both, I think that game is, she just has to get used to the controls. But, like, I feel like this game is even just something you can just literally put in her hands, especially being on Switch and everything, too. Where she can, like, I mean, it's on phones, isn't it? Uh, well, it has to be because it's on the, yeah, yeah. On Apple phones. But, I mean, I would just have her play it on Switch or something. And, like, it's, like she doesn't have to worry about, I mean, like you said, it's just the joystick and uh, the action button. So that's about it. So, um, uh, see if she can. I can get her to try. Yeah. For me, I'm definitely waiting for that second album to drop. I feel like there's a lot of potential um, with a sequel. Is there? Has there been one announced? Or no, no, no. Oh. So far, from what I can tell about the developer, like every single game they've put out has been um, unique. And I'm really curious about that Device 6 game because people seem to really like it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, you guys got anything else for Sinara Wild Hearts? All right. Well, where can people find you at, Trevor? You can find me online at Lyric Unsung. Where can people find you at, Dante? People can find me at twitch.tv slash awakencloud. I've been streaming a lot of interesting games lately i won't say which ones <laughs> had some uh some some developers or anything yeah i actually had a um developer from ubisoft check out um one of the games i was playing because allegedly it's one of his favorite games of all time that and the sequel to it and um it was interesting getting his thoughts on the game cool cool so. um and you can find me on are, are you you're not streaming anything trevor are you not at the moment. Do you have any intentions in the near future? Um, I feel like I always I ask you and you and Greg. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> mostly me just trying to catch up on games rather than mm-hmm. stream anything that's worth other people, you know, wasting their time watching. Um, and are, are you uh, at any point going to try to figure out how to do um, stuff on Switch or not? Nah? Probably not because it, I, I honestly think there might be like limited um, technology for the Switch Lite is in terms of like getting it to stream. I don't know because at least with the regular Switch, you know, you still have, um, you know, you can dock it and then plug other peripherals into the TV, I think, or, or whatever monitor you're using. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that accessibility is there for the switch light. I could be wrong, but I haven't looked into it. Um, you can find me on Twitter at potato salad. Um, if you like tuning in to mix checkpoints to find out about hidden gems, cult classics and indie games and share us with your friends, family and not shitty subreddit communities. You're in comment on our Facebook page, add us on Twitter, uh, leave us a review, preferably five stars on Apple podcast. So we can appear higher in the leisure category. Yeah, we we like hearing from you guys. Um, 
whether it be in the chat, telling us uh, in person, shooting us messages on our various pages, if you know us, texting us or whatever. I've had a, a couple friends um, it, it message me and say, hey, like, uh, I listened to this episode. I really liked it. Or, like, uh, you know, asking, like, um, when are you guys going to talk about this game or stuff like that? So it's, it's always cool to hear. So we appreciate it. <laughs> when are you going to release Dragon Ball Z Fighter Sorry mode? <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry. No, you're... I am sorry if that was you. Just please keep listening. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Well, uh, that's this is going to be. I think we did five the past two years. Maybe, maybe we could shoot. I don't think we have a number this year for how many bonus casts we want to do. But um, uh, it's. I think Trevor. I said you can choose next. So is it five? Because we're on number thirteen now. So. Well, I was saying per year. Oh, okay. I, I remember like that first year we did like one or two, and then I was like, I'm gonna make it my our goal for twenty 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 nineteen to do five, and we did. And then we didn't have a goal last year, and we did five. So I'm like, well, we can maybe that could be the the magic number. Maybe we can go higher. Maybe we can go lower. So you already got one out the way and it's only january yeah yeah so we'll see but uh it's trevor's it's trevor's choice next time so um we'll see we'll see what he he has this play so. might might try to get in some pokemon snap since they announced the, the release date <laughs> for the sequel oh we already know it's gonna be something on switch so <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah with that we're missed checkpoints we're out peace